0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Matt DeCanted with winemaker and all-round good guy, Matt Wenk. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to Matt DeCanted. It's a new podcast series. And we're talking to a range of people, predominantly in the wine industry, and a number of people in other walks of life. are delving into their backgrounds, have a chat about what makes them tick, and see how they got to where they are today. This morning, an inaugural podcast, I'm talking to good mate, Sam Scott, who has a wonderful Adelaide Hills-based wine brand called The Good Morning, Sam. Good day, Maddie. How are you going? Very well, thanks. Very well. Um, we might as well dive straight into to this. Um, after school, you went into a bit of a hospitality, like many of us. Um, yep. Can you tell us a bit about that? And then your, with regards to wine, your grandfather had a bit of an association with Max Schubert as well. So can you maybe just give us a background of your hospitality and what like, sure. family life and wine? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know, it's
0: all. You often wonder you wake up one morning and you go, Well, how to get here? You know, that's the, the big question. And hopefully, it's like, you know, uh, through a lot of positivity, which I was lucky to have uh, sort of growing up around uh, people that enjoyed wine my family. was part of, you know, what was on the table, not that, you know, where, uh, you know, kids really drank much at the table or anything. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Um, it was something that happened with their meals. It was, we always saw it. And, um, and they, sort of through my grandparents as well. Well they lived across the road from your house. Yeah, they did. So that was the thing, it's sort of like, here I am finishing school, got a, you know, casual job working in a, a drive through bottle shop, studying hospitality. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was I really, at those points in time, I really found that I just loved how it tasted, it was really interesting, it was thought-provoking. And um, having my grandparents lived across the road as well, Before I go to work on a, you know, Tuesday night, I'd just drop in and see them at 5.30 before my shift started at 6. They would always be sitting there. My grandfather would have a bottle down by his (laughs) leg and he'd hold it up, hand over. The, the label, and pour me a little sip, and he'd go, right, tell me about that. So he's
1: hiding it from you or from your grandmother? Well, oh, no, my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: was hiding from both. It was always on the ground, so I don't think anyone could tell how much he was actually drinking, because I never saw the bottle of the yeah. Um, But yeah, he would ask me all these questions about the wine, and we just had a friendship through that and it got me really thinking about well, what is in that glass. Um, quite often it was a Brian Barrett Cabernet, because like okay. another, you know, that he had great that wine that? Yeah. Um, and we it was part of that friendship and experience and you know just chatting. So yeah, that coupled with working in a bottle shop, studying hospitality and doing the wine subjects, I just actually thought, wow, this is great. So you know you're fast forward throughout your career but you know people like yourself are great influence on me because you know we share that enjoyment and yep. you know you've always trodden that path too I suppose and we, I think after a while it all sort of we feed off each other and sort of end up where we
1: finally end up. Oh yeah well, it's a very mm. small industry nationally but internationally as well and I think uh, we do share so much information and no matter where you're making wine, if you have yeah. the same winemakers making fruit wine from the same vineyard, mm-hmm. they're going to be different wines completely. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's philosophy is slightly different, and a different oak they might use or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it is it is a great industry, and great information sharing industry. Yeah. Um, so from that, yeah, so that's what got you involved. And then uh, yeah. what was the thing that, well, um, oh, let's say you studied in Adelaide and you studied in New Zealand yeah. and then you've worked in around Australia and overseas as well. So when, yeah. when did the penny really drop that you really wanted to start making wine for yourself? And then uh, yeah, and then obviously now we're, we're focusing on Italian varietal sites, yeah. but a big question. But <laughs> well, actually, look, that actually is really, this uh,
0: delves into a lot of things that have happened over the years, I suppose, um, in, you know, Australian and world wine. Um, having been uh, in, you know, working in sales and distribution, uh, which was sort of, in between um, studying and actually the next lot of study. Yeah. Uh, so working as a sales rep selling Australian you know top Australian and top international wines in Adelaide to you know venues, restaurants, cafes, oh, retail. Um, I really through that I had a lot of epiphanies of my palate, what I wanted to drink, and it really started sending me down a path of more textural and more savoury. So that it was varieties that didn't have the fruit sweetness or so more about the savoury mouses, yeah. um, white wines that were, you know, had probably, you know, less overt flavours and more texture, and a lot of that was Italy, um, so you can send your basic from Chianti Classico in particular wines like Isola Lena, you know, Tignanello, I'll remember forever because these are the moments when I went, no, nah, that's all I want to drink now, yeah. and I and I continue sort of evolve down that path, and I think we all have our own sort of, wine consumption journey. I mean, you know, if you have to get up on a room in front of of people and say, well, you know, really, how did you get here? It's like, well, I come from a long line of wine consumers. Like, yeah, we just yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. And, you know, back to my grandfather, his father actually worked in the cellar at the Estate. So he'd get the job sheets from Matt Schumer and have to go and put the plans together in the cellar. Um, he and my grandfather would talk like that. I'd talk with, what say, so with his dad and I'd talk with my grandfather and my parents. and. You know, sort of, and suddenly you just evolve and becomes part of what you're doing. And to work with um, such an well, incredibly diverse industry is great. You know, like every vintage is different, you know, um, consumer cycles come and go. And it's like uh, we're always evolving, and now we've got these new to Australia varieties that are really exciting. You know? And I, you know, I do believe that the climate's warming,
1: we have more extreme weather events. What are the varieties that are going to stand up to that? Things like Fiamma. And, and that's the beauty of Australia, mm. is that there is no appellation system, which a lot of Europe has, which yeah. there's a lot of positives with that, but I think there are, we could probably argue but there are a few negatives as well. But in yeah. Australia, we don't have that, so we are able to plant whatever we want, wherever we want, if it suits that yeah. climate. And as you say, Italian wine, varieties in general have beautiful natural acidity, and the reds have that lovely structure. Yes. Um, so that natural acidity is going to work well with this walnut. Vintage we're seeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just makes uh, makes everything
0: easier. That the, 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 They don't race and ripen in extreme heat as much. Some of them shut down or others just you know just doesn't affect them yes. so mm-hmm. much and with that natural acid you're not getting pushed in the picking decisions you're picking down on the flavour that you want um, and all those things are really key when I think about what we what, what do you know day-to-day during vintage which is just trying to make the right picking decision from grapes to the ground a really high standard by fantastic people that plant the right variety in the right spot. Yeah. And so it's easy to say that, but the actual practicality, as you know, a lot goes into that to getting to the point where you've got a bunch in front of you going, oh, what am I going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and over the years you, you develop that style. But, and I think, so after sales, you know, I was lucky enough to be, uh, you know, Having, you know, good relationships with a lot of the principals we sold. So people like Tim Dapstein, you know, we had some back in the day. We had some great Aussie wines, great international wines. But, um, spending time with them, I just thought, oh, that sounds fantastic. You go and visit the wineries and vineyards. I thought, well, I really want to have a go at that. You know, you were in the Penthe at the time, I think. Um, go and see what you were doing. It was all super exciting. And it's like, okay, well, I just want to go and see what it's like. So I got my first, um, First person to let me loose in the winery was Michael Fragos, I in two thousand. I remember Uh And I think like, I've got some, you know, great memories from them. Very green was on the crusher for a vintage. I was the only person uh, to walk down the main street of McLaren Vale in the middle of vintage with white T-shirt that wasn't dirty, uh, which I still get a lot of uh, crap about from some people. Which is you would have been really hard, exactly. <laughs> and now we're making a lot of sparkling and whites, and you know, probably, you know, my hands don't get that dirty anymore. Which I just have to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that sort of fast forward through working in wineries and vineyards at the coal face as a vineyard operator, the yeah. seller hand, learning the you know the, the skills of the job and the trade, to getting interested enough about it to say, well, look, let's take a year off, go to New Zealand, um, do a, a postgrad for a year, yes, because um, that was good that you could do chemistry alongside it, Adelaide. You can, Australia, yeah, yeah. Thing, it was like, I was, you know, New Zealand yeah. just wanted to pass, and, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Lincoln Union was really good. A bit um, more and, proactive and in many ways. Yeah, so they just taught us the essentials and kicked us out the door um, and just kept working uh, in, in vineyards and wineries up until, you know, all over the place really. California, and you know, Barossa with you, uh, did a vintage you. I remember you were the normal in two hands I reckon. That was pretty crazy. And that was, that <laughs> was, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Orange, I like, think you worked as well. Yeah, spent some time in Orange and McLaren Vale and uh, the central coast of California. Yes. Uh, several times sort of working you know, in the Gavilan Mountains, which is like Brizzy Adams Territory, just in a gravity-fed winery at Calera. And oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then going to uh, Santa Cruz to watch all those bands, like Super Booty. That and was a, yeah. that was a uh, what
1: was that the Halloween weekend or oh, uh, was, something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. it was there. Yeah, there's a few, a, a, a right. bunch of us. I don't know how many people we fitted in that poor <laughs> motel room. It we got <laughs> no it was dog. All legal. There's no dogs. <laughs> No, no. So as I, I was saying before, like the wine industry is such a, a mm. eclectic bunch of people. And globally, yeah. it's a small place, mm. and uh, you have a lot of fun no yeah. matter where you are, and yeah. learn a lot because you're never going to replicate anything one side, the other side, No matter what methods you use, or whatever, whatever variety of clones you end up using, you can never really emulate what someone's doing on the other side of the world. I and mean, that's why mm. the information sharing is so good. Yeah, and enjoyable, and, and it's always very social as well. Yeah. Obviously, so we are have the benefit I think no matter what happens in the wine industry we're always going to have a good party yes. somewhere, so, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so, so uh, you're making obviously a lot of Italian varietals, you've got Pina Grigio, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Sangiovese from the Hills, you've got yeah. a bit of Dolcetto from the South East you've done, yeah, yeah. Prosecco from King Valley in Victoria, yep. so you're searching those really good vineyard sauces to make the appropriate so, mm. so, we have uh, obviously after a very small 2020 vintage, um, yeah. a lot of your wines have sort of <laughs> been and gone They've and blinked really you miss quick. them. So, yeah, they, they sell very quickly, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so, we've got the 2021 La Prova Vigna. yeah yes. uh, So, is this a single vineyard one or you have several sources? Or, and what, how do you make it? So, this is still a single vineyard,
0: it's from Cajun, Jenny, Mario, and Kersbrook, yeah. um, who have been very, I think, visionary and how they develop their vineyard, they give small winemakers like us an opportunity to try a lot of different varieties and and, you know they they you know you know actually take the risk and plant and develop it, they also speak with you know all of their purchases and winemakers say well what else is out there and what's interesting so it's a good blend of you know innovation and diversification in the vineyard by the grape growers and also we bring in like our sort of wish list of things that we think would work good. So we've really arrived out there that, you know, um, Alianico, which we make rose out of and dry red, which is a, a southern Italian variety from Campania, yeah. same sort of area as Fiano. They just grow beautifully on their property and that's, they've got several different ridges. So you can get like either west or east facing and it's all that's got a slight northerly tint. So it's yeah. actually, uh, just a beautiful vineyard location you know really old washed out soils which is one of a lot of um, I suppose a lot of Australia's not overly vigorous no um, and so those things are all big
1: positives being a bit further yeah. north it's the best of both worlds you've got some lovely warmth during the day but you still have those lovely cold nights that the other yes. hills are known for so yeah you know you're going to get a level of ripeness yeah each year yeah but have that finesse and yeah. maintaining that necklace in yeah. anyway. Yeah. So you're I don't know. Pour it, give yeah, it a crack? Yeah, pour again. So how has this been bottled for? This was bottled in
0: uh, mid-June. Okay. And, yeah, so it's been in the market now,
1: you know, So, for, yeah. Probably
0: you know six, six weeks or
1: so. So is it uh, all stainless steel, or you could have been four, or a bit of barrel, or...?
0: We've tried mm. a lot of different things, and, and part of our journey really has been, I mean, Sort of means the experiment of the trial. Yep. So we've, you know, we've taken fruit from all over the place, you know, the Riverland, Barossa Valley, McLaren Vale, Fleurieu, Langhorne Creek, you know, Hills, King Valley, uh, the southeast at, um, you know, Limestone Coast. And it's really about working with these varieties in different places and working out what we really truly love and thinks the best matches. And so after, you know, 12 or so years, we're really arriving at this is what we think is great, these are proven like it's sort of like this the triangle of where you've just got brilliant, capable people, the great grower, um, exceptional vineyard site paired perfectly to the right variety, that's the bit to get right and then it's just not stuffing it up when it gets in the line. Yeah. you know yeah, get that get that picking <laughs> yeah. decision right and it's you know the wine is pretty much made it's just yeah. shipping it.
1: So they, they, they say that you can make mm. what, uh, from good grapes you can make two kinds of wine great <laughs> wine or crap wine but from bad grapes you only make one kind of wine and uh, yeah. yeah if you work closely with your growers and you make it at least you make it in the vineyard and then you just navigate it through the winery and mm. uh, put it in the bottle so yeah, yeah. Oh, cheers mate. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Um, so if Yano sums up all
0: the things i I love about wine, it's got some fruit,
1: but it's also textural and it does it on its own. The variety does it. And For, so, yeah, yeah, It's like that oatmeal note I call it. Yeah. I sort of call it but it's got that on the nose, but that sort of yeah. but if you get rolled yeah. oats, you chew it raw, yeah. it's sort of got that coating that you get. Yeah, it's sort of that, like chewing into bit like a
0: bitter of like an almond or yeah. something like that. that and you get that pithiness, so you get those See fruit, but it finishes pithy, a little bit savoury. But it's not overt. What we do, um, winemaking here, so
1: we hand pick it, we chill the fruit, we whole bunch
0: press it the next day, oh, and yes. so that lets us just run cloudy juice off into you know probably about thirty five percent of the wine cloudy juice to old um, white oh, oak, yes, and that's uh, just a natural fermentation kicks off. when It gets hot and. I think is good, so so the juices oxidise and we lose um, a little bit of fruit there um, that actually makes the colour beautiful and also with that hot wild ferment you're getting a completely different array of flavours so it's not all about pristine fruit, it's about texture and interest (laughs) and all that sort of stuff that's harder to sort of really go oh what's that think well that's that but I like that sort of fiana and some of the, the texture So the other 65% of it we do settle in stainless steel, racket. a day after that, and that is inoculated and that gives us more primary fruit, the freshness and vibrancy, yeah. both portions have a great natural acid um, and there's, you know, and on the head, you know, on the bench, you just look, you know, can we put it all in together and each year we get the, the balance of those two parcels better so we're pretty much all Oh
1: that's the head excellent, nothing worse than having Hundred litres of something that goes <laughs> <away laughs> and you go. Yeah, to do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> get a yeah. few phone calls to your mates, what are you doing? So you yeah. get voice every party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's fantastic. So what the fiano, um, it's such a great, great variety. That's it'll be the last thing
0: to get uh, you know, opthritis. So it's a mid ripening variety, so mm-hmm. right kind on of all things being angled a little bit after Shiraz, mm-hmm. or so about the same time, uh, which means that should be planted I think in warmer areas but Fianna also shown itself to be really versatile so you know you'll see this in uh, everywhere you
1: know yeah. it's like oh, it the McLaren Valley, yeah. and
0: a lovely Mediterranean
1: climate mm, yeah no, that's perfect and even when it gets a bit
0: cooler when you go sort of more around Kaipo which is cooler than Kersbrook um, you know they still get some beautiful flavours which have made it a little bit more so I think it's a great grade for Australia. it's going to a loose bunch structure. Yep. Depending if you you know if you cane prune it, you're probably gonna get more even yield, I think. What what we find is that um, it's not a prolific cropper, which is probably why it almost went out of existence in Italy, you know, yeah, post-World War two. Because yeah. it was not economical. No, <laughs> I was like, here you get something with a bigger bunch, you know, here you plant Grillo oh, cool. and Big <laughs> Six hundred gram bunches, yeah. Yeah, rather than like, you know, hundred and twenty or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's the things that make it survive millennia and so good uh, for winemaking that it's like the opposite of why grower would want it, if they were just getting paid per ton yeah. out of the farm gate. So it's, it's achieving that balance and I think Mario's still a great job. Awesome.
1: Well Sam, thank you for joining the inaugural uh, Matt DeGandon yeah podcast. Um, be, thank you. Um, if Anyone out there? Sam has a, a lovely cellar door, we're sitting in the cellar door up here in Handorf in the Adelaide Hills, it's open monthly uh, and by appointment is it? Yes. Um, but uh, a wonderful range of wines and uh, look out for the piano and all the other bits and pieces that he makes, so thanks again Sam. Thanks. Was a pleasure mate. Cheers Matt. Great to see you. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening. Watch out for the next episode of Matt Decanted on your favourite podcast or listening app or check out our latest updates at mattdecanted.com.au.
1: Cheers.